Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, we will be looking at, and maybe this is a little bit way too early to do this, but does this Johnny Goudreau deal kind of make the Avalanche want to get something done with Nathan Nathan McKinnon quicker rather than just letting it float throughout the regular season? I know it's a different situation, but is that kind of, it's making me a little bit nervous and we'll explain why we'll talk about that. We got to get to Sammy Gerard's season grade. Interesting uh, outcome there. And Jared Bednar had the Stanley cup and he took it back home like any good coach would do. Let's get to this thing. Wrong one. You're locked on avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Never too early to sign your superstars. And does the Johnny Goudreau deal kind of make the Avalanche want to get this thing done now? We'll talk about that in a second, but welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, everybody. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Maselli, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com, and follow the show on our YouTube channel. Over on YouTube, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, so I know there's going to be some people out there saying like, oh, that's it's not a big deal. They'll get Nathan McKinnon signed. And I'm with you on that. I do. I genuinely feel that he doesn't want to go anywhere. Happy right where he is. He's in a great situation. But this this Johnny Hockey thing is really kind of messing with my mind. And it shouldn't be because what he did is totally with his in his rights to do. He mm-hmm. wanted to move back to the East Coast, closer to where he grew up, at least in some capacity. Um, and there were it wasn't just like, I want to go to just this one team. He was, from what I understand, dealing with a couple teams, but they're all on the East Coast. And he was going to be happy, just want to go back to the East Coast. I get that. And that happens for players, typically kind of towards the end of their careers. You don't yeah. really see it where it's like – it, it kind of – where Johnny Gaudreau is with his career, wanting to do it now. Yeah. So he took a little bit less money. The money really wasn't an issue for me. I just want to go back home. And I was listening to uh, 32 Thoughts, and Jeff Merrick said it, and it, that, this kind of really is what got me thinking. And he didn't say anything about Nathan McKinnon specifically. He just said, if I'm a GM, I don't let my players like that get to free agency and for Goudreau there's probably nothing that the Flames could have done to prevent this it seems like he had this in his head and this was going to happen because it's what he wanted to happen and I don't think anything you know and and the Flames tried they tried everything they threw tons of money at him they tried dealing with him before last season to to not get to this point and the way that that Jeff Merrick said it was like I don't let my free agents get to this point kind of made me feel like should the avalanche do because should should they get it done now because you know and as as merrick was saying if you if you let it go if you if you say like no we're not gonna really do anything we'll we'll, we tried 
We won't have it as a distraction for the regular season. We'll just re- let the regular season play out. And then when the season comes to an end, those players are that much closer to free agency. And then they say, let's just see what happens. Uh, we've already made it this far. Yeah, I still want to. And then you then you start getting into the someone's going to throw out something crazy to lure him away. And you don't want that as an abs franchise. Especially like we've been talking about this contract and signing it for probably now that the season's over, we could say two years now. Um, when we signed Gabe Landeskog, it was now we got this done. We have Miko done. Now let's tackle Nathan McKinnon. And we weren't even close to getting anything done for that deal. And that was also kind of the narrative throughout the season. Hey, everything looks great. All we have left to do is tackle this Nathan McKinnon contract. It's still part of the narrative. And with teams like Calgary, around Johnny Hockey, they never really gave him the keys to that franchise. Yes, he was the face of the Flames for a long time, but they never really backed him up. Um, And that had a lot to do with him leaving. Like, of course, as he's on his way out the door, they're backing up the Brinks truck and they're rolling out the red carpet, but it's too little too late. When it comes to Nathan McKinnon hitting free agency, you don't want these agents being talked to by owners and say, hey, tell your guy, Nathan, I know he took a discount and we could do so much more for him. Because look at what happened when he took a discount. He let somebody like Kale McCarr come in there and take the face of that franchise. He took a discount to keep this team together and they are happy operating with Kale McCarr. He's more of a face than Nathan will ever be. He could come to Ottawa. You see what we're building here. He could come to insert name here. Mm-hmm. And with somebody like how this season will play out, you don't want that narrative going through with a tight cap. Every move we make, are we going to be able to afford Nathan next year with this contract or this contract? Because that's going to be the narrative all year long. And that's sure. not what you want being the defending Stanley Cup champion instead of talking about the team as a whole defending the Stanley Cup, it's, is this team going to be able to keep Nathan McKinnon? Right. And and you mentioned Gabe Landeskog, and, and that that's exactly the road I don't want to go down. Mm-hmm. They tried to get something done with Gabe Landeskog. They tried to get something done with Val Nechuskin before the season even started. Couldn't couldn't work it out, and then fine, okay. Then then you just say, we just got to play the season. Like I said earlier, you don't want it to become a distraction. I get that. But eventually, it's going to be a distraction. There's maybe no games playing because it's in the offseason. And that's what happened with Gabe Landeskog. We were all, you know, uh, are making our, our farewell videos for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it just worked out where he came back, but it was heart pounding for, and you don't want that. And I get that's part of the business, but for your superstars, your, 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 your name defining superstars like that define your franchise. Those guys you want to get taken care of as quickly as possible. It's easier said than done. And I don't know what's in Nathan McKinnon's mind. I don't feel like he's the type of guy that wants to go down the Johnny Goudreau road of saying like, I want to go back to the East coast, not necessarily play in Canada, but you know, go, go play for Boston. Yeah. that That's pretty close to Halifax. You know what I mean? Like, just go in that area. I don't feel like he's built that way. I think he's happy. I think he's got – he's putting, like, I say roots down, not that he's starting a family like Gabe Landis guy is, but you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. hockey roots he's putting down here. So <clears throat> I, I don't get that impression. But 
if you get to that point next off season, like you're saying, like I'm saying, there's gonna for for somebody of his caliber, there's somebody that's gonna be if his if his agent comes out and is like, all right, we couldn't get something done with the Avalanche. What do you got? Rest of the NHL, and you are gonna get offer after offer. And is there something there where he's like, I wasn't thinking about that, but that looks pretty good to me. And if you're the avalanche, it would behoove you to just nip all of that in the bud right now and get it done. Again, easier said than done, but and I know they're talking, so you know that they're trying to work something out. But it's right now it's it's not the scary time. Next offseason is a scary time, even though I know he wants to stay here. I'm just afraid of one of those teams sliding in and trying to lure him away. And one of the things is, like we just mentioned with the cap, if there is some frustrations this year with getting a team put together to the same caliber that we experienced last year, is there going to be frustration toward the end of the year? What if the team doesn't run it back and repeat? What if it's another second round exit? Is there frustrations going into if you allow this free agency talk to go all the way through the year? Mm-hmm. Also, everyone keep in mind this timeline. This is 22-23. Kane and Taze are working their way out of Chicago. And Chicago, closer to Halifax, will back up a Brinks truck. <clears throat> and they, It's not going to hurt their feelings to say, hey, Nathan McKinnon, $12 million. Let's start again with you. Well, what do you, it's it's <clears throat> you got loyalty versus hey, Kale McCarr's resurging. They just really paid for this Val Nachushkin guy. Like, do you really want to have another year of suspect goaltending? And do you want to do this one more time, or do you want to come here? We'll give you the keys to a team full of history, and you can be part of this new era of Blackhawks hockey. Hmm. Like Loyalty goes so much, but if they're going to pay you $12, $13 million a year, which Chicago is known for giving ugly, gaudy contracts, right? I mean, it's yeah. in their ear. Seeds of doubt. Well, let me ask you this, like, and, and this, this would be just for you. Imagine you, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, are in the NHL. You just won a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. You're going into you, – you, you are replacing, like, Nathan McKinnon. Like, we're talking here, like – like you are in the situation Nathan McKinnon is right in right now. You don't get a deal done going into this season, and next year you repeat. So mm-hmm. you've now won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Where is your mind? Is, is your mind is like, I've accomplished everything I've, I, I have set out to accomplish in Denver, or not even the Avalanche. Just say whatever team you're playing for. You just won back-to-back championships. Do you say I'm going to continue to stay here and and try to make this like the next Tampa Bay Lightning, or do you say I'm going to go, you know, LeBron James take my <laughs> talents elsewhere and try to do it again somewhere else? I've never been of the mindset of wanting to leave somewhere you have established and found success to find it somewhere else. If you feel like I've accomplished everything, I've never understood that mindset because. I just mentioned Kane and Taves. If you stay there throughout and you find success and you stay loyal to that team, if you have a down year, which Taves just had, you bought yourself a year where everybody's like, it's a down year. It's going to be okay. He's done so much for the team already. And it buys you. It's a get out of jail free card. Like if you go somewhere else, like 
Claude Giroux when he went to Florida because he wanted to go, you know, somewhere kind of retire. That was a half a season and he's in Ottawa now. Mm. So you don't want to keep team jumping if you have a lot of talent and you brought a team somewhere because you're going to lose out and then you're going to spend the, the later half of your career jumping around trying to find what you had if you just stayed where you were. And in the era of players doing that, not necessarily in hockey so much, there's a little bit more loyalty in hockey, I feel like. There's still free agents and they, and they jump mm-hmm. around. Uh, but it, it's, it's not the NBA. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, for, for a, a player to do that in any sport now, say I'm, I'm sticking with you know who drafted me and, and ride out a, a Derek Jeter 20-year career with one franchise, like that doesn't happen anymore. You're right. Like To me, that, that means more. So, but it's, it's a different era and sometimes guys have a different state of mind. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that's where Nathan McKinnon is. I feel like he doesn't want to go anywhere and, and they want to get it done. It's just, as the season goes on, we get closer and closer to the end of next year. Those nerves for me are going to start creeping up. It's just going to happen. That's why I just want them to get it done with now. So we don't have a Johnny Gaudreau situation because who knows how Nathan McKinnon is going to feel in a year. Right now he's saying like he wants to stay. Maybe he, he's not going to want to at the end of next year for whatever reason. Who the heck knows? And you wonder, Nathan McKinnon, what he's thinking seeing what happened to Matt Duchesne, former line mate, um, feeling the same way. I want to go to a contender. I want to go somewhere else and find it. Nathan McKinnon's got a cup. Uh, Matt well, Duchesne's got a country <laughs> career. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> honestly, like, he wanted his way out to find that. And Nathan McKinnon sees where that mentality gets you. If you're looking and you're not building that, that speaks a lot to the character of the player. And Nathan McKinnon is a hockey robot. And, and, you know, just to wrap this up, I I think the fact that McKinnon um, did go through those down years Mm -hmm. speaks volumes. You know what yep. I mean? It's not like he, he he got to this franchise and they were always in the playoffs and always competing for a Stanley Cup. Like he's been through the mud with them and now they've come out. You don't forget that stuff. You don't mm-hmm. turn your back on that. So uh, it'll just be interesting. I know the Kadri thing is kind of probably taking precedent right now because there is no real rush to get the McKinnon thing done. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but once the Kadri thing is over, which I really hope is soon, <laughs> Uh, I think all the attention turns to Nathan McKinnon trying trying to get it done, trying yeah. trying just to you know, get it out of the way, and it's not a, an issue for next year. So we shall see. All right, we have a Sammy Gerard grade to get to, and uh, Jared Bednar's day with the cup, and Peter Ball was asked a question uh, which we are going to answer. He answered it on on the Athletic, but we're going to take a stab at it too. But first, you have BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can also find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, RNHL, esports, golf, and even combat sports. I just feel like that's just like the way – that's a great definition of – you know, UFC is combat sports. It's just, yeah, so Rambo. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening everywhere. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. 
Sammy G is up for his grade. Uh, and I thought this was going to be an interesting one. And it definitely was. You had, um, well, first of all, he was the first grade, uh, and we're doing these alphabetical, that got ev- somebody voted for him in every letter. <laughs> so there were A's, B's, C's, and we have to lump D's and F's together because uh, they don't let you add a fifth on these social medias. Can we buy um, a vowel? Yeah. So <laughs> he was the first one to get uh, in all three platforms in YouTube. Twitter and Instagram, there were votes for A, B, C, D, and F for Sammy Gerard. On YouTube, uh, well, first of all, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram all gave him Bs. A little surprising there. 64% on YouTube, 61% on Twitter. Instagram, only 46%. So pretty high on YouTube and uh, Twitter, but Instagram was a little bit more all over the place with but B still reigning there with 46%. What do you got for Sammy G? Come on, YouTube. We talk every day. What are you doing, Demi? I mean, you know. <laughs> they, I, like, I think like the YouTube crowd is literally out just to get you when they do these grades. <sighs> I thought we were friends, guys. Um, <laughs> no, Sammy G is a flat C. Like the flattest C. Yeah. That's ever been pinned to paper. (laughs) Like he's, this was easily one of his, uh, to say worst year sounds terrible, but it was not good. It was not good at all. Um, And we talk all the time, like we were talking about Comfer and Burkowski, like you're talking potential and what they can bring. Sammy G has a very high ceiling when everything's working. So it's only amplified when you roll out a season as abysmal as this. Like if you look, uh, I'm not going that far, but go ahead. It's go ahead. it abysmal is a very loaded word, which I, I can't attribute to Sammy Gerard. Abysmal would be a player we haven't got to yet. It's which we will well, say. I'm I'm predicating that on not just his performance, but like right here, mm-hmm. his stats for 2020, 2021. He had 32 points. In 48 games. Last year, 2021-22. In Which there was six, what, 56 games in that season, right? Yes. <clears throat> yep. So it, you had 67 games played, 28 points. So a step back in points. The plus minus was different. And that's why I threw out the abysmal. In 2020-2021, he was a plus 15. Last year, he was a minus 4. Mm-hmm. There were a lot more visible gaffes, um, bad positioning on defense, letting things through. Um, the puck handling wasn't there. Like Jack Johnson, when he messes up, you see it, but then he cleans it up and disappears for the rest of the game. Sammy G, when he messes up, it's it's right there. Like it's because he has that skill to be part of the play. So when he has that little gaff. It's it's setting the whole thing where everybody's having to clean it up. So you you really want to see more out of them. And it this was a very just average year. Uh, I think for Sam Girardi, it was a below average year, <clears throat> you know. And and I, I I give him a C as well. Um, I think the thing with him is when when a guy who plays defense who is undersized 
doesn't perform well, people are going to jump on that and say that, you know, he's a defenseman who's a little bit on the shorter side, a little underweight for a person playing defense. Um, and then, you know, like I said, when, when, he, when he has a, a season where he's not performing that well, uh, people kind of want to throw that at him and say, like, oh, maybe he's out of position. Um, I, I We got to, I think it was mid-March or early April, and then he had, you know, we, we found out he had an injury. Mm-hmm. We haven't really heard much other than he just had it and he's going to be out a couple weeks. We didn't really hear if that was anything that was lingering like we did with Gabe Landeskog. When Landeskog was, uh, had that surgery, they came out and said, like, it's been lingering there for a while. And they made the decision to get it cleaned up so he could be back for the playoff run. We didn't hear any about that, anything about yeah. that with Sam Girard. It was just like <clears throat> he has this um, – what, 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 no, Landis guy had the knee, right? And and Gerard, I think Gerard was still lower body. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly I think they were both lower body of some. Yeah, sort. But that's the thing. Like you got more information on the Landis guy one than you got on the Sammy Gerard one. I'm not using that as an excuse for him, but it's just odd that we didn't hear a little bit more. So, and you go through his numbers, yeah, and and they just don't stack up to what a normal Sam Gerard season would be. I, I'm going through them, and, and I'm on, on Money Puck where they, you know, have tons of stats. They're not so far off. It's not like he just was driven off a cliff, but there there are stats that are down. You know what I mean? But but they're not just so egregious where you're like, yeah, I'm throwing in the talent, Sam Gerard. Let's get rid of him. You know what I mean? So uh, you know, and 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 it's it's percentages that you're looking at, like percentage of clean zone exits and stuff like that. And those were still pretty good. He had, you know, same amount of uh, block shots as he normally does throughout a season. Um, his expected goals, which he doesn't score a lot. You know, he, yeah. he still scored five goals. Uh, his expected goals was 3.1. So he scored more more goals and expected goals, which is good. Um, where was – there was a couple stats. So, you know, his – Corsi percentage was 53%. His Fender was 51. That's like the league average. You want guys to be higher than that, but those are where your superstars are. Um, but, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for Sam Gerard. He's got to have a better season next year, yep. wherever he goes. I hope it's with the abs. Um, but no, he, he just, he didn't, you could tell something. He wasn't comfortable last year. No, he wasn't comfortable sometimes even with the puck. And he's a good puck handler. He is very good at getting the puck out of the zone. He's not going to be that guy that is going to line up someone and just take a run out of and knock him out. Like that's not his game. He can't, he's not, he's not built for that, but he can still play defense. There's different ways to play defense, just running around hitting guys all the time. He's not going to do that. He doesn't do that. So having said all that, he didn't have a good year. And I think, you know, for for me kind of like supporting him, I hope he's back and I can kind of hope he proves some of these doubters wrong and have a, a bounce back year. And I think he can do that. Yeah, you could tell he wasn't comfortable, especially like if you look at that plus minus, like going to a minus four after a plus 15 year and then the uptick in penalties, you could see he's not playing comfortably. Like he's resorting, like that line is there's there's a leak and there's something wrong there and he's not playing to his potential and you saw that with the turnovers the penalties the plus minus 
Like it, it just wasn't a normal Sammy G year, which is why it stings a little bit because he's always the lots or nod move. It's always a highlight, and you didn't see a lot of it. And even in let's see the playoffs, I just had it up. I mean, he played seven games in the playoffs, um, and he had three points. So, I, and I thought he was playing better. Like, and this was again was after he came back from surgery. Um, where was let me see for the playoffs. So he had an assist against Nashville, then nothing, and then another assist against Nashville, then nothing, then a goal. So a goal and, and two assists in seven games. And for him, that's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. And I thought he was playing well. He was just playing. He seemed to be coming back and I don't say breaking out, but he's, you get that comfortability that we're talking about. It seemed like it started coming back a little bit and then he gets injured. Yeah. And there's some people out there that are like, ah, if he, if he, you know, didn't get injured and played, we would have never won the cup. I'm not that guy. He, and it, he, it, he's it didn't important ha- for this team. And it didn't help that everybody else was having an incredible season on the defense as well. Like from Manson to Byram to EJ to Kale, like everybody else was having a kind of a scoring surge. Mm-hmm. It didn't help that he's taking a step back. It just amplifies it. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, it, it's a C for me, C for you. Twitter. I feel like uh, the the socials are just happy that the Abs won the cup, and everyone's getting kind of an extra. They're grading on a curve, basically, is what they're doing. Uh, next up will be Darren Helm. Mm. So we'll put that one up tomorrow. Um, yeah, that should be a, a good one to talk about as well. Um, all right, let's get to well, let's get to the question that was asked on uh, the athletic. There was a lot of questions that. Uh, asked on the athletic and if you don't pay for it can be kind of expensive but i, I think they do good work over there peter ball does fantastic work covering mm-hmm. the abs he did a big q a um and the very first one i was like that's an interesting question i'm gonna pose that to mr shaggy von doom and uh basically the the short of it is how many they, they start talking about the, the retired numbers from the other two stanley cup uh, championships that the Avs have, but for this season and mainly kind of like this roster, how many retired numbers are we going to get out of this group of players from the Avs to to match those guys that are up in the rafters right now? Because we haven't had one in in a little while, but you're getting the feeling that when the, these current guys are are over and done with, we're going to be adding how many numbers to the rafters in Ball Arena? One. Oh, come on. No way. <laughs> Are you doing this for uh for for YouTube comments to just attack you? I can't protect you, bro. That's... I, I, my, my, my hands are tied if you're just going to go that route. Well, it's easily out of this team right now. Mm-hmm. That number eight's getting retired. That's the one that you're going with? He's got hardware. He's got like he just oh, had okay. it. So so does other guys. Do so. you feel that Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog are going to have an explosive year? Like this is just the beginning of Kale McCarr. We're talking about retiring numbers, and we're talking. We just spent the first half of the episode talking about Nathan McKinnon and bringing him back and retaining him and what that's going to look like. 
Are we going to see what more are we going to see out of Gabe Landeskog? Is he going to set the world on fire anywhere? Is Nathan McKinnon got one more year where he's going to uh, push for the heart? Not with Kale McCarr on the team, who also uh, will be pushing that. for the heart in a couple of years. <clears throat> he could be. He could um, be. But... When it's all said and done, I feel like honorable mentions are twenty nine ninety two. It's mm-hmm. going to be nice names, but when you're talking retiring for what Kale McCarr is going to do with this team, it's going to be. You you thought adjusting the ball arena was hard? How about Kale McCarr Arena in twenty years? Like they're going to rename the arena. He has yeah. that potential. Like streets are going to be named after him. He has that generational talent. Like he's referred to like the next Bobby Orr. Like twenty percent of everything in Boston right now is named Bobby Orr something. That's going mm-hmm. to be how it is in Denver when Kale McCarr is said and done. And I just feel like if you're retiring a number, it's going to have to be Kale McCarr when it's all said and done. Well, but the question wasn't give me one player. It was how many. And you still think that all the talent on this team, uh, you know, when it's all said and done 15 years from now, the only one is going to be Kale McCarr. If Nathan McKinnon and and Gabe Landeskog seasons over careers are over today, are you retiring those numbers? I'm retiring Gabe Landeskog 100%. If, If he retired now. He's been around long enough. He's meant enough to this team. And to end it with a Stanley Cup championship, he's got his Calder as well. Uh, in a couple All-Star games. Is just one All-Star game or two? I don't know. He's at least got one. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm putting um, Gabe Landeskog. Retiring 92. Okay. Yep. Um, so, you know, another six more seasons with him. And absolutely. That that is a no brainer to me. Yes, yeah. Kale McCarr is definitely trending in that direction, and we are just getting the tip of the iceberg of what this guy's going to do over the course of his career. You would have to say everything is going towards him being up there. He would be a second guy. Nathan McKinnon is going to be a no brainer as long as he sticks around with this team and this new deal uh, that could potentially come around, which we just talked about. If he does for another eight years, yeah, I mean. Kale McCarr is is the the you know the the sexy pick right now on whatever and and understandably so and rightfully so, but Nathan McKinnon is a beast, yeah. And 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 we're kind. I don't want to say we're forgetting that. Maybe being Avalanche fans, we're not. But maybe there's a little bit of around the league that has that's kind of like more taken to Kale McCarr, kind of detached themselves from Nathan McKinnon, gone over to the Kale McCarr side. And uh, I, I am expecting a massive season from Nathan McKinnon next year. Huge, okay. huge. Yeah, I was I I'm retiring the future <laughs> of what we could get from Kale McCarr. I was like yeah. looking back at what we got from Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Laniscog, and is it enough to retire? We talk about them a couple times on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I just does one cup do it enough? Because we have six hanging up there now. Mm-hmm. Do we take it up to nine? It's just an interesting question. I'm not done. And this this one could Curtis be... Curtis McDermott? <laughs> you got me. Uh, <laughs> you know, and this is one of those where it's like, just what he meant to the team. Does Eric Johnson go up there? Ooh. Eric Johnson... You know, that's a great pull because even like seeing 
the number 11 out there that's not Calvert, I, it's going to be hard to see anybody else put a number six on that's not EJ. Right. Right. That's an that's up for debate. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, but I think it could. I think yeah. it definitely could. Like you said, like not not because of just like you're in awe of him on the ice, but what he's meant to the team. Can you see the avalanche? Some somebody coming in saying like, "I want to be number six and then being okay. Yeah. No, I, that, that's a little maybe not. What about Miko Rantanen? Mm. Nico Rantanen could get there by the end of his career. He's going to be up there with, you know, take your pick. He's not going to be you know, tops. He's going to be top five in no. a lot of categories for all time. Ave stats. He's going to be up there. Yeah. So, I, I, you could easily see that three headed monster being retired altogether in one ceremony in like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's easy. It's, the kale is just honestly the easiest answer, depending on uh, yeah, what happens. Yeah, I, I think right. I, like, he took that number from Ozo. No, <laughs> so like he's got the eight. Yeah, so he's already tackled one giant in the Avalanche. And I and I think you know going for a long shot because he's so early in his career. You know, Bo Byram is a potential. Yeah. He is a potential guy that could be up there. So for me, you could have Makar. Landeskog, uh, McKinnon, EJ, Byram, Rantanen. You could have six guys, possibly six guys collectively now that are playing for this team right now that in in 20 years have added to the six names that are up there right now. We're going to look like the Knicks retiring numbers. (laughs) We're just the the, the Nashville Predators. We're just going to hang banners up for everybody. Including Curtis McDermott. Uh, the the last thing I want to get to is yeah, uh, Jared Bednar had the cup, took it back to uh, South Carolina where his roots are. And did you see that like one minute clip that was put up of him? It was just a journalist was just kind of asking him a couple questions. And what has it been? Three weeks now since the Avalanche won the cup, and he still got choked up talking about what the cup means to him. So, I mean, you've had all this time to really process it and like soak it in. And now it's his day with the cup. He brings it back to where he coached in, in uh, the minors. And it was, you know, he was just, from what I read, everybody was coming up and he took the time. There was a line of people and it wasn't like he was just rushing to get through these people. Um, If they were asking him questions, he was like pointing to the cup and like explaining things and like with with young people there, just kind of like telling him like the history of whatever team he was talking about. Like it was it was it was like a history lesson that people showed up to. And man, like that we're talking about the fun ones with Jack Johnson eating ice cream out of it. Like for me, that's another one. Yeah, absolutely. Like to for that to go back to South Carolina and be there with the stingrays like an incredible moment an incredible moment for bednar and if and if you ever question when we mentioned like he is the definition of players coach being choked up three weeks after winning the cup like and that is a players coach he was there he sold out and he believes in these guys and believes in their future if he gets that choked up still yeah i like my coach coaches emotional i don't want him to be the the you know Pucks in deep cycle. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. yeah, we'll see who gets it next. But uh, that was a good one for for Jared Bednar. So, yeah. 
Uh, we will be off tomorrow. We're taking tomorrow off. We got places to be, so uh, we won't be around to record, but we will be back on Thursday. And we are setting up now, I think it's for Friday's episode, we're going to do a crossover with John Chick, who hosts Locked On Rangers. Uh, New York Rangers, not Texas Rangers. Who? Who? Texas Rangers. Come on now. Walker, Texas Rangers? Yes, exactly. We should have a Locked On Walker, Texas Rangers. (laughs) Uh, That'd be great. Uh, But yeah, John Chick from Locked On. New York Rangers. Uh, I think we're going to do a crossover with him. And we're going back and forth on Georgiev. He'll give us the real lowdown on that. So that'll probably be Friday. Um, other than that, thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Uh, so we're off tomorrow and back on Thursday. So he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is Locked On Avalanche Podcast. See you guys. Go, Abs, Go. Go.